ACR Homes has essential jobs and internships for students. Find peace of mind and job security with their flexible and rewarding part-time jobs by caring for the needs of people who have disabilities. Because ACR Homes offers paid training, your compassion for others and desire to make a difference is more important than your previous experience. To apply, contact University Office at acrhomes.com or visit their website at www.acrhomes.com. Hey y'all, and welcome back to another week. As we settle into the semester, many university services are being offered differently than before the pandemic. Virtual services, such as therapy through the Boynton Clinic, are presenting new benefits and challenges for patients and providers alike. Here's Ava and Ethan with the story. everyone. I'm Ava Kian. I'm Ethan Kazada. I'm an intern reporter, and I'm a recent transfer student here at the U. You're listening to In the Know, a podcast by the Minnesota Daily. Campus culture has already changed immensely, from students having a curfew to changes in student housing and class instruction formats. In today's episode, we'll be speaking to students about their telehealth experiences at Boynton Mental Health Clinic amid the pandemic. We'll also talk to interim director of the Mental Health Clinic at Boynton Health and a therapist at Boynton to get a full look into the accessibility of telehealth. The transition into telehealth in March was difficult for some students who had been used to in-person therapy. Margot Reddy has received therapy at Boynton both during the pandemic and before. At first it was really hard. At first I was, um, I like kind of stopped seeing my therapist because I didn't really want to have to deal with it especially because I actually was in New York during the pandemic because that's where I'm from. Um, But then my therapist actually reached out to me. She messaged me. She's like, hey, we haven't spoken in a while. Are you okay? And I started seeing her again. Melissa Falrath, another returning student to the Boynton Mental Health Clinic, expressed the differences between virtual therapy and in-person. In Mel's case, the cancellation of in-person sessions even led to a change in their therapy style. I tend to do a lot with my hands um, and she can't really see that over Zoom. So that kind of makes like a barrier in her understanding like what's going on. Um, And then there was like a certain form of therapy that we were gonna do, but that requires us to be in person. So we kind of had to switch what we were going to do. A big critique of telehealth from students is the failure to capture body language. I feel like Especially because I'm a a psychology major, I feel like a lot of what um, therapists do is read body language. And if, you know, I'm sitting behind my computer and you can only see my face, like, they're missing pieces to it. So, like, they can't really read what, like, how I'm feeling based on how I'm acting so much. According to both Margot and Mel, An important detail in determining the efficacy of virtual therapy is the level of comfort they have with their therapist. They imagine that for students who are new this semester to Boynton Services, it may be more difficult to open up over Zoom. Yeah, I think um, I was lucky enough to have gone there and have met my therapist several times in person, but I feel like if I didn't have that chance, it'd be really difficult to like have that connection with her. Because I've already known my psychiatrist and my therapist for a while, 
it wasn't as uncomfortable and they kind of knew me already. But I feel like if you've never met a therapist before and then you're starting over Zoom, like that's, that's going to be a really uncomfortable situation. It seems that virtual therapy's efficacy greatly depends on the individual's preferences. Virtual therapy has proven effective for some, including Mel. I've actually found it a little bit easier just because you're not actually in the same room. Well, Margot actually prefers a less comfortable setting to express herself. I think that they probably have made it easier for me because it's like, oh, I don't have to go take the bus or go take a walk to have a therapy session. But I also feel like in some ways I'm obviously more comfortable in my house. So if like I'm struggling with something, I feel like I'm not able to really express like the struggle that I'm feeling because I'm in a comfortable setting. The mental health clinic's transition to using telehealth services happened back in March upon the university implementing remote learning. We spoke to their interim director, Matthew Hansen, to see how the clinic responded to the sudden changes. You have reached the Boynton Health Service Mental Health Clinic. If this is an emergency, hang up and dial 911. Otherwise, it was very rapid, and during that time, we had to develop processes, procedures, policies around providing telehealth effectively, safely, confidential, confidentially um, to students. As students moved back to their hometowns last spring, Boynton's ability to use telehealth depended on the state regulation for healthcare licensing, which typically prevents providers from giving care across state lines. We have a lot of students who were not from Minnesota, and at that time there was a number of conversations that we had about whether or not we could provide care for them, uh, them being students that were across state lines, you know, in Wisconsin or Iowa or the Dakotas or Illinois or any, any of the states where students do come from when they attend the U of M. With the pandemic came a series of executive orders across the country from each of the state governors, many of whom provided latitude within their telehealth policies to be able to provide care for students because they knew that you know, people should be staying home at that time. So we've been having to pay very close attention to each of those states to make sure that we're still in compliance with the state statutes and rules of those local governments. According to Matthew, Therapists quickly familiarized themselves with new technology and new ways of communicating behind a screen. So it took us a little while, I think, to get accustomed to the way of delivering services by you know, looking at a camera and modulating voices in a different way and you know, attending to um, emotion and affect. It's a little bit different in the Zoom space, but it's proven to be effective from our standpoint, and students seem to get, um, get what they're needing from it to Another roadblock towards implementing telehealth was the accessibility factor. Matthew says some students can more easily access healthcare now that it's remote, but for others, it's hard due to slow internet or lack of service. I think in many ways for many students, accessibility will be increased. You know, people can talk, they can, you know, have a session on their phone. For other students, though, that accessibility probably has gone down. Um, Students that don't have good internet connection, you know, might not have reliable cell service, might not be in a safe environment where they can have a, tele- a teletherapy session. Overall, accessibility depends on the individual's family situation and the level of support available when seeking help. You know, I've heard stories too of students that had to, you know, like 
find their way to a closet in their house because they didn't really have a secure room or a safe room that they could go to. You know, family situation, uh, family situations just differ a lot, and and some families are, are very supportive of one another, and some are um, less supportive of one another, and and creating space for somebody to receive mental health care just might not be acceptable or or available. So it, it's a bit of a mix, I would say. On, on paper, it feels like it should be much more accessible, but that's one of the ones where the devil might be in the details. Following the university's decision to move classes to remote learning, Boynton saw a significant drop in appointments. The number of appointments nearly cut in half from 731 the week of March 2nd to 371 during the first week of remote learning. We saw a big change in March, and a lot of that change early on came from the interstate limitations. So, you know, we do see a lot of students from Wisconsin, fewer from the Dakotas, and fewer from other states. So Wisconsin is our biggest pool, for sure, of non-Minnesota residents. So we saw a pretty significant drop-off at that time. We saw, I think, when a lot of students returned home, I think things may, their needs may have changed a little bit. During the early stages of Boynton's telehealth implementation, the mental health clinic continued to offer some walk-in services for students in crisis. The number of therapists on staff remained the same, and the clinic continued to operate at nearly full capacity. During the transition to telehealth, Anna Zedgenidze, a therapist at the Boynton Mental Health Clinic, said the biggest challenge to successfully using telehealth was... I mean, technology, technology, technology is just... I can't emphasize that enough. Um, because we use an electronic healthcare record um, system, you know, there's a few different steps in terms of gaining access to that in a, in a secure way. So um, just setting that up has, was just a huge challenge. While telehealth was a way to keep people apart and keep them from getting sick, it's also been a way to keep seeing students who are sick. One of the things that surprised me, like a benefit of telehealth that popped up is we've been actually been able to see students who are um, like quarantining or um, showing symptoms or isolating. And that's something we would have never even been able to do. Anna even said that telehealth actually allowed some students to overcome the stigma of seeking mental health help. And even since the pandemic, we've seen a lot of new students who are seeking services and have really used the pandemic as kind of an introduction or a starting point to try therapy and try mental health services. So really, it felt more of like, um, it almost like with the stigma of seeking mental health kind of became um, a barrier that we've seen some students overcome and have used this pandemic as an intro. Matthew says that despite being virtual, Boynton provides a level of care similar to that of pre-COVID, unlike other fields of healthcare that heavily rely on seeing patients in person. I think that we've been able to do uh, standard practice pretty effectively. I haven't noticed a, a big change in that. Um, it does seem like mental health care is, is probably one of the, the vehicles for healthcare that's the most amenable to telehealth. You know, we, we, we have colleagues here in the, in the clinic, in the, in the larger clinic in Boynton, you know, in, in eye care or physical therapy, you know, the dental clinic was shut down for clear reasons when the pandemic happened. It was a hard experience. Um, we have to still wear masks, um, you know, make sure we're socially distant. Um, it's, dif I would say it's more difficult to see a student in person with, um, without seeing half their face than it is to meet with a student over Zoom. 
I rely on a lot on your um, facial reactions and your smile or um, whatever it might be. Um, and it's harder to see that. Um, and it's harder to pick up on some of that um, when we're far, sitting far away as well. So to me, as a provider, I appreciate that I can see your face. I can't see your full body language maybe, but I am still in tune to um, at least your facial reactions as well. And that's important. I think that temporarily it's fine, but I think that in the long term, more people are going to actually suffer from mental health issues. As a result of telehealth use during the pandemic, healthcare providers are planning for the use of telehealth technologies, even in a non-COVID world. Um, so I actually think that telehealth is here to stay no matter what happens with COVID. I think because it does um, reduce barriers for students to have to be here um, is a strong reason why we'll continue it. Another piece is a lot of our students leave for breaks in summer and often in, in, interrupts their care in terms of mental health. Um, and just knowing that we might be able to see students through summer and through breaks, um, I think would be another reason why we would continue um, COVID, or telehealth past COVID. In other University of Minnesota news, campus's Wiseman Art Museum is set to reopen on October 1st. The Minnesota Student Association has launched a task force in the wake of the pandemic to examine student food and housing insecurity. And as the window for completing the 2020 census draws to a close, the neighborhoods around the U remain the lowest reporting in the city of Minneapolis. We'll see you next week.